out of the midst of a bush, and he looked and beheld. The bush burned with fire, but uh, behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I, I will now turn aside and, and see this great sight. Why? The bush is not consumed. The thought I would like to use tonight is God is trying to get your attention. God is trying to get your attention. You know, there's nothing, there was nothing special about a burning bush. You know, bushes, they get dry and you put a fire to them. The bush is going to burn. That's, that's nothing, that's nothing exciting about a burning bush. I've seen bush burn many times. That's nothing exciting. You're not going to go and call anybody and tell them that I see a bush burning. The difference with this bush is that it did burn, but it would not burn up. Why? Because God was trying to get your attention. If the bush would have burned and been consumed, then Moses never would have stopped to look around to see what was coming out of the bush. He never would have got an opportunity to listen to God. It was when Moses turned, it was when God saw that Moses had turned. It's that time is when God spoke to Moses. God has his way of getting our attention. Whether you live in a black house or a white house, whether you live on the top of the hill or you live in the valley, God has a way of getting your attention. God will allow a bush to burn long enough to get our attention. I want to let you know that God has set some bushes on fire in our lives. God will set a bush on fire to get our children's attention. But sometimes we as parents, we, 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 we love our children so much that we will go and we will put a fire out that God was intended to burn. God was trying to get your attention. But what you do is you go and you put a fire out for God. And, and what, would, what would have given them a night in jail or a $500 fine because they did not learn their lesson. Now it turns into $1,000 and 10 years behind bars. Why? Because they did not get God's attention. Moses, he had to stop, turn, and see this great sight. We need to stop doing what we're doing and see why the bush is not burned. We've been struggling for years with the same problems. The fire won't go out. 
God is still trying to get our attention. 2020, we need to pay attention to what God is trying to tell us. We will be blessed in 2020. But we need to realize that when God blesses us, every blessing that comes to us is not for us. You see, sometimes God will give us a blessing to be able to give somebody else that blessing. God has trusted you to give them their blessing. God is expecting us to bless somebody. You need to take notice of what God is doing for us. I challenge you tonight to watch your blessings. 2020, God is going to bless you. If God bless you with the house this week, God may have already set somebody else up for you to have a visitor next week. God have taken you off of the bus stop and given you a car and he's already set up your neighbor who needs a ride next week. Notice what God is doing for you. It's no accident. You just got off the bus stop. God has blessed you. Pay attention. God will bless you. All you have to do is pay attention. You need to slow down and notice our bush. Why is it not consumed? God is saying to you, listen, listen. I have something to say to you. Stop, turn, and see this great Mystery. Why the bush is not burned? When he get our attention, then God will put the fire out. God said that I am a jealous God. Thou shalt have no other God before me. Pay attention. God is saying, I'll get your attention. God saw Moses turn. Then God said, Moses, Moses, take the shoes from off thy feet. The ground thou standeth is holy ground. If we would turn and listen, God will give us the instruction. God said to Moses, I've seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt and have heard thy cry. God asked Moses, What's that in your hand? Moses said, a rod. God said, throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground and it became a serpent. God said, pick it up by the tail. That's interesting. You see, if I pick it up by the tail, you see, I have to trust God. Because the head is still free. 
You see, the head, the head can come back and get me. And it's still free. But if I get it by the head, then I feel that I'm in control. And I don't need God. We have... In Jonah chapter 1, God is still trying to get attention. And the word of the Lord came to Jonah saying, the son of Amnon saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for there are wickedness just come before me. But Jonah rose up, rose up to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa. And he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it with, the, with them from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent a great wind in the sea, and, and, and that was the mightiest tempest in the sea. God said to Jonah, go to Nineveh. You know, some of us, God is telling us to go to Nineveh. Go to, go to Nineveh. But we choose to go to Tarsha. You see, that's the reason that we want to go to Tarsha. Because you see, people in Tarsha, they're, they're like me. People in Tarsha, they, they dress like me. You know, I can handle the people in Tarsha. But I'm, I'm not going to Nineveh because, you see, if I go to Nineveh, people in Nineveh, you know, they, they curse over in Nineveh. You know, people in Nineveh, you know, they, they steal over in Nineveh. You know, if I go to Nineveh, you know, they're, they're breaking your houses over in Nineveh. I don't want to go to Nineveh. I go to Tarsha. Let me go down to Joppa and get me a ticket and go to Tarsha. I don't want no part of Nineveh. But I'm here tonight to let you know that Mountain View, uh, I had to go to, we had to come to Nineveh. Mountain View is, is in Nineveh. And we're going to stay in Nineveh until God move us out of Nineveh. Because he, it's no accident that we are in Nineveh. And I thank God that we made it to Nineveh. And I thank God that we have a leadership that don't mind going to Nineveh. You know, we can't go around to where God has told us to go. I'm here tonight just to let you know that, that God can handle all of our problems. In Numbers 13 and verse 33, uh, and the Bible said that, and the giants... And we, the giants, the son of Anak, which come out of the giants, and we were in our own sights, grasshoppers, and so were we in their sight. I want to remind you that if, if we stand with God, we become little giants as long as we're standing with God. Problem with us is there's nothing... The problems that we have is nothing but, but grasshoppers. 
Your bills, they may look like giants, but with God, there ain't nothing but a grasshopper. You worry about folk talking about you, it ain't nothing but a grasshopper. You just lost your job, it ain't nothing but a grasshopper. You have trouble on every hand, it ain't nothing but a grasshopper. You wonder how you made it through all of this. Give it to God, it's nothing but a grasshopper. All I have to say is, if that's the flu, how do I get it? <laughs> how do I get it? Boy, Arthur Carr, we want to, uh, as, as, as leaders, as elders, we want to, uh, as we say with the, the, the charge for the congregation, we want to encourage the congregation. And let me say before I go into all this, it's a, it's a privilege and an honor to serve this congregation as an elder with these fine men that I, that I serve with along with the evangelists here and also with the, with the ministers and the deacons. We, we, uh, it's a privilege to serve you guys and it's an honor to be a part of this congregation. And we think about, and we, and we think about all the things that we've been through and all the things that we've, we've accomplished and all the things we've come through and I was, I was mindful of when, when Brother Hampton had the uh, group come down that had lost someone this year. And then there was a group of people that, that stood for a while because of the emotion was so strong and there was some things that was going on in their minds. And then I think about, you know, it's not, it's not what you know that gets you through. It's who you know that gets you through. And it reminds me, it reminds me of this conference where these theological, you know, pe people are there, pre uh, professors and preachers, and they had, this, they had this one young man get up and they said, we want, you to, we want you to say a final word to the group. And so the man got up and he said the 23rd Psalms. And he said it so eloquently and so definitively that the people in the, in the audience just stood up and clapped when he finished. And when they, there was an older preacher sitting in the corner, they said, we want you to dismiss us. And so the thing was, the man got up, and this older preacher did the same thing. He did the 23rd Psalms. But when he got through, nobody stood up and applauded. Nobody acknowledged him. There was not a dry eye in the house. And the man stood up. He said, well, nobody, why didn't nobody acknowledge him? He said, look at the people. He said, there's people out there thinking about what this man said. This man just quoted what you just quoted. He said, but you quoted the words. You knew the words to the Psalms. So this man knew the shepherd. So when you know who the shepherd is, what you're going through is easy when you know who the shepherd is. You know, it's easy to, it's easy to know the words and remember the words. But when you know the shepherd, the words have more meaning when you know the person this is about. So we want to, as Mountain View goes through the transition of this year, we want to remember what we're going through and what we're having to deal with. We, are, we, are, we know the shepherd. 
you know, it hurts sometimes, it's hard to deal with, but we understand we're going to get through because of we, who we know, not what we know. John chapter 5 is where I'm be coming from this morning. Uh, not this night, not tonight, but this morning. <laughs> you know, I had, to, I had to get it with that, you know, I had to get it with something. But John chapter 5, and what I want to do, I want to start at verses number, I'm going to start at verses number 6 and 7 through 9. But I want to look at, at verse number, in, in John chapter 5, verse number 1, the Bible starts off with this. It says, after these things. It says, after these things, John chapter 5, verse number 1. So I went back and looked at it and said, okay, what were these things? See, Mountain View, we have gone through some things. We have gone through some things. So the Bible says in John chapter, John chapter 5, he says, after these things. So what, what were those things? So you go back and look at John chapter 1, beginning with those things. John, the writer John says, you know, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the word was God. Then he dropped down to verse number 14. He said, and the word became flesh and did what? Dwelt among us. Then he go down to verse number 29. It says, he said, and the next day, he said, and the next day, he behold, he said, behold, the Lamb of God, who came and take away the sins of the world. See, that's one of those things that had transferred. Then you go to chapter 2. It talks about when Jesus had gone to a festival, a, a feast, and there was a wedding going on in that feast. And somebody came to him and said, we don't, run out of, we don't run out of what we come here for. We don't run out of the wine. So Jesus said, what, do you have, what did that have to do with me? Some of y'all got a little excited about that. But don't worry about it. He said, he said uh, she said, whatever he says to you, do it. So he turned the water into wine. Some of y'all, that's your favorite, favorite passage, but that's okay. Then we get to John chapter 3. See, we're still going through these things. Then we get to John chapter 3, we did, then the Bible talks about a man named Nicodemus that Jesus met along the way. Still going along with these things. Then we get to John chapter 4, he goes to, he meets a woman at the well, a Samaritan woman. And then he talks to the Samaritan woman, and then the Samaritan woman goes and talks to people about what she had heard about Jesus. And because of what she believed, they, other people came and believed about him too. We're still going through these things. So we get to John chapter 4, verse number 46, then we talk about a nobleman that had met Jesus along the way. And what Jesus said, he, he had a son that was sick. And Jesus said, go ahead on, go home. He's going to be okay. They're still going through these things. Then we get to John chapter 5. John chapter 5, verse number 1, it's talking about where Jesus was going to a, a feast. During this particular time, all the Jewish men had to go to the temple. And because, you know, from, from a grown man, within 15 miles of Jerusalem, they had to go to the temple. So Jesus was on his way to the temple during this time of the feast. And what's happening was, was very interesting. Sometimes you got to look at what the Bible does not say and what it does say. The Bible talks about this man that was at this pool. Y'all know the story. This man was at this pool, and he said that and Jesus came by and saw him. And the Bible said he had compassion on him. But one thing the Bible didn't say, the Bible did not say, this man did not say anything to Jesus. You know, there's some people that come and just saw Jesus from a distance. That The lepers, they said something to Jesus. There was a man in the, in the tomb. That was, that was possessed. He said something to Jesus. But this man did not say anything. He, because he was sitting there, and it's almost like he was content. He was content. The Bible said he had been in this position for 38 years. Now, the one thing the Bible, another thing the Bible did not say, he said, it does not say that this man was there at birth, since birth. So that means it don't, no matter, you don't know how long this man, how old he was when his condition came up. 
So the thing about it, the man said, you know, he says, Jesus said to him something very peculiar. Because the man didn't ask him anything. The man didn't ask Jesus anything. Because you know what? Sometimes you can be in a position for so long, a situation for so long, whether good or bad. And you get, after a while, you begin to say, okay, this is just where it's going to be. This is just where it's going to be. You settle for something because you've been there for so long. You ever settle for anything? Sometimes when you settle, what you do, when you settle, you, you lower your standards. You lower your standards when you settle. Because when you settle, you say, you know what, I, you know, this is, if this is where it's going to be, then I might well go, just go with what I got. You know what, you get, you get the least when you settle. When you settle, you get the least. Because you get whatever's available. You know, but so what happened was, this, this man never said anything. He said, because you know what, and you go back and you think about this. What did this, you know, from year one to year 38, what was the transition for this man? From year one to year 38, what was the transition for this man? Because you look at it, because from what, from after five years, he probably said, you know what, maybe somebody, maybe somebody, maybe somebody will come along. You know, year 10, maybe somebody will come along. Year 15, maybe somebody will come along. All the way up to year 38, he said, well, oh well. I might as well just stay right here. Can you imagine the people that he saw come and go during those 38 years? People that he, people that he got to know that came and, and then some kind of, he said, because there's a person that comes and pushes somebody in the pool when the, when the pool is shaken up. But think about it. Look at, look at John chapter 5 and verse number 6. Look at, what the, look at what the Bible says. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been uh, a long time in that condition, he said to him, do you wish to get well? See, the thing about it, this man didn't say anything to Jesus. He said, Jesus said to him, are you content what's going on right now in your life? Can you imagine Jesus saying that to you right now? You, 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 some of you have stopped even praying because you know what? I'm, I'm just going to give up. I'm just going to whatever it is. I'm not praying about it no more. I've been here this long. I've been dealing with it for this long. I might as well go and accept it. And Jesus said to him, do you want to be made whole? Read. The sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me in the pool when the water is stirred. See, the thing about it is I have got so comfortable with the situation I'm in right now. You know what? I'm good. I'm good. You know what? I've been, I've been, I've been like this for so long. I've been, I've, been, I've been hateful for so long, I'm good. You know, I've been broke for so long, I'm good. I've been lying for so long, I'm good. You know, it's like somebody said, well, you know, someone that, that, that lies so much that when they call the dog, the dog, somebody said they called the dog for him, the dog didn't even believe him. <laughs> so when you look at it, you know what? I'm good. So when we look at this, this man says, you know what, I've been here, but nobody has been here to take me down to the water. But what did Jesus ask him? What did Jesus ask him? Do you want to be made whole? My, my concern and my question to Mountain View is, after these things, look at what we've been through this year. Look at what we've been through this year, this one, this one year. And you look at, look, at, look at the loved ones that we've lost. Do you want to be made whole? Look at the, look at the seats 
that you sit, you sit you, people used to sit in, and you don't see them there no more because they've, they've been called home. Look at the couples you, have, you come in, but now they come in as a single because God has called somebody home. Look at the wall that's come down and went back up after these things. Look at the friendship that has turned to frustration. Look at the love that has turned to lost. After these things, Mountain View, my question to you is, do you want to be made whole? And my only thing is, because of who is at the pool of our frustration, at the pool of our dissatisfaction, at the pool of our loss, at the pool of our uh, uh, determination to be made right when we stay wrong, after these things, do we want to be made whole? Mountain View, it's time that we become whole. Some things we got to put aside and let's start over. Let's build from where we are. Let's develop, let's develop what, we, what, what we lost. There's some, there's some things that we lost along the way that we used to cherish. You know, we used to cherish some things that we lost along the way. Sometimes now, now instead, of, instead of coming in together, now we come in and we go the other way when we see somebody come into one door. After these things, we need to get back to what made us be who we say we are. We say we are a congregation of love and compassion. After these things, and my encouragement also to, 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 even, to even to leadership, even to leadership, you know, we went through, we went through some things of frustration among ourselves. Well, we, you know, some things were broken in, in, our, in, our, in our bond. You know, we got to get back to that. Because we got to be there for one another. Because we can't do it by ourselves. We take the, it takes the whole group. It takes the whole group to do that. Then it also takes the group, the group being followed by the congregation. Because if the, if the leadership is broken, congregation is not going to stay whole. So we have to make sure that we, we maintain what we have and what we're trying to do after these things. That's the thing that's coming along in the horizon. We, we, don't, you know, we, we, we really want to tell you guys about it. We're excited about it. But you know what? There's some more things got to happen before we get to those things. But we want to make sure that you understand that we, you know, we are here for the congregation. We're here to support the congregation. We appreciate your prayers. And you think about it, Brother Twyman did an excellent job on this morning, 8 o'clock service. And I learned some things about Brother Twyman this morning. You know, I didn't know that they used to call him Dirt Darver. He played baseball, and he said he couldn't nothing get by second base because he'd scoop everything out the dirt. But then he said something real interesting. He said something real interesting. They really kind of got the whole, the whole audience excited. He said his favorite group is Frankie Beverly and Mays. And I thought he was going to start singing Happy Feelings. <laughs> but he didn't. I was waiting. But when we look at, you know, we, we, we think about it, that's where we are as a, as, as, as a group. We become closer with one another. Yeah, and, we have, we know, and we can joke with one another, but we also hold one another up. And we want to make sure that we, we're going to hold, once we hold one another up, we can sustain the congregation to be held up. And when we do that, we ought to understand that we know we're here for one another. We're here for one purpose. And if God don't get the glory in what we're here for, you're here for the wrong reason. If God don't get the glory in what you're here for, you're here for the wrong reason. So that's what we all should be here for, that he might get the glory based on what we're doing and how we're doing it. And I think about how we handle things 
you know, after these things. And when I was, when I was younger, <clears throat> I had a, uh, uh, what we do, we used to do, in the, we used to do when, I, when we got out of school, you know, and if, we, if we got out of school on a Friday, you was in the country on Saturday. You know, it wasn't no such thing as staying at home playing Nintendo or whatever these games are right now. You, you had to go somewhere because you weren't going to be in the house while mom and was at work. You're going to be gone somewhere and it's going to be out of town. And so one of these, and we had several people we could go stay with. And so one, once this one particular year, we went to stay with my grandmother. And my grandmother was the type of person, they lived right by a railroad track. And when they were the train, you know, the thing about it is, you got so used to the train coming by there that you didn't even know it was there. And you, could look, you were looking at it because, you, you know, you got so used to seeing it and hearing it that when it come by, you didn't even know it was there. And so one day, my, my grandmother worked for this place, these people, that she had to go out and do, you know, labor at people's houses. She would go out and do pe- and labor in people's houses. She would come back, and she would, she would have to walk. Everywhere she went, she walked. And so what she did was, she was coming, when she'd come back home, you know, we would sit out, we would sit out on what she called the porch. Some of y'all don't know that. <laughs> and what we would do, we would sit out there, and, and, and grandma would get up there, and she would sit in this rocker. And her friend would come over, and her friend would start asking her how her day was. And she would start telling her about all the things that happened. So one day, grandma would come home, and she was really down. She was really down. And she began to talk to her friend about what went on that day. And the, the people that she worked for didn't have a good day. So, you know, if they didn't have a good day, you know how her day was. If they didn't have a good day. So she would start talking about them. And so we were, she wasn't talking to us. She was talking to her friend. But see, we were just sitting there, and we just happened to listen to her, what she was saying. See, think about it. When we was coming up, if grown folks talking, you had to leave. Whenever grown folks talking, you had to leave. That's what we come up with. This, thing, this time, they weren't, they weren't doing anything. They were talking, just, just general talking. And so um, my grandmother started talking about all this. And I started thinking about, you know, that's, that's really tough. Based on what she was saying, that's really sad. But then my grandmother began to rock. You know, she began to rock. She was what they call, she was doing something what they call shelling peas. You know, shelling peas. And what she was doing, she was just rocking. Just rocking. And so when she began to rock, she began to hum. She began to hum. And you know, sometimes I couldn't understand some of the things that she was humming. Then she saw some. I'm just saying, you know what? I'm just saying, what is what is what is ta- what is drama talking about? And so the thing about after all the things she has been through, after all the things she has said that happened to her, and how her day went, she began to hum some more. And the, the more she rocked, the softer she hummed. And then I'll be saying, okay. So what happened was. Grandmama got up out the chair and looked up in the sky and said, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved. 